Hey, good morning and welcome to week one of Greater Love. We are so glad that you're here today. We really hope and pray that at our church, at this church, at Hope Church, that the words that we sing aren't just words that we sing, but they're actually things that we can actually believe in our heart. A lot of times you can sing a song and you cannot know the words of the song. My kids every single Sunday or every single on the way to date, on the way to church, they'll be singing or on the way to school, they'll be singing songs. I'll look back, I'm like, you don't even know the words to the songs. Like there's like, they're just going at it and going on. But I think sometimes we're like that as Christians. We can sing songs that we don't really mean. And we really do believe, when we sing those words, we really do believe that God wants to fight our battles. The Bible does tell us that God is fighting on behalf of us. What, we, what you don't know and what you don't see, there's a world out there that you don't see. We only see the physical world, but there's a world that we don't see. It's the world that God sees because he can see a thousand and thirty thousand foot view. And the good thing about God is God is already in tomorrow. He's already fighting. He's already fighting your battles. He's already fighting your battles. And the reason why he's fighting your battles is because he loves you. He loves you. And we want you to know this at this church. We want you to know that God loves you. In a day and age where it seems like there's so much chaos, there's so many problems, there's so much frustration in this world, it seems like there's not a whole lot of love out there. We want you to know there's a God that loves you and there's not a greater love than, than that, the love that God has for you. There's a lot of cheap substitutions. We can try to find some things that we think look like love, may smell like love, it may actually, we may think it looks like love, but there's a love that's greater than any love and it's the love that Jesus gave on the cross uh, for you and for me. And the, where we got our series from, sometimes I think people are like, where'd you guys get those ideas from? We get our ideas from the Bible. <laughs> and they're not just ideas, they're facts. There's principles that you, we can read in this book that can change everything about you. In three weeks, we're gonna celebrate Easter. And Easter, the story of Easter is simply this, that Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He came on Christmas. And 33 years later, he lived a perfect life. No one could ever say an evil thing about him because he lived a spotless, perfect life. And 33 years later, he died on the cross for our sins. And the beauty of the, of the cross is that he didn't stay on that cross, but he actually got off that cross. And the Bible records that he was in a borrowed tomb, and you only borrow things that you intend to give back. And so that day, he was in that tomb for three days later. The, the, the tomb was rolled away. A stretcher did not go in to get him. He rolled the tomb away himself through the power of, 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 of his father. He rolled the tomb away. He got up. Mom's in here today. Praise God. He took his clothes off and he folded up the way they're supposed to be folded up. Ladies, amen. I know that's right. And left them there. And he walked out and he went and lived the life. And over 500 people saw Jesus walk, talk, move and breathe after the, after the resurrection, after the tomb. And we believe that he did all that for both you and I. And there's not a greater love than a man that would lay down his life for his friends. The Bible tells that in John chapter 15, verse 13, there's not a greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. I wanna preach a sermon today, a title called, Where Are You? Where Are You Going? Where are you, where are you going? I saw a young girl post on her social media today on, on her, a picture on her story, and it said, not to, I don't wanna offend myself, but what the heck am I doing? I don't want to offend myself. That's funny. That's the way we talk ourselves. I don't want to offend myself, but what in the world, am, where, where am I going? And I find this, there's a lot of people out there, they have no idea where they're going. I know 10-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, they have no idea, <coughs> they have no idea where they're going. There are some people who know where they're going, and there are a lot of people who have no idea where they're going. I brought some of my shoes in here today. These are my I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I CrossFit. These are my CrossFit shoes. You may not know the difference between CrossFit shoes and regular shoes, but I do because I wear these. On, the, on these shoes right here, on the inside, there's these rubber grips, and these are used for climbing 
for climbing ropes. This week we did a rope climb workout and I wore these shoes. All the CrossFit shoes have these, this rubber on the air and, and I'm climbing up these ropes doing these rope climbs. I did such a good job that I actually made the, the coach's spotlight. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I was, the, I was the coach. That's who They picked me, Joel. I'm just saying. They picked me as a spotlight. And I did the most amount of rope climbs, me and another coach, we tied for it. But these are, these are, my, these are my, my shoes. The other day I was running these and some guy said to me, some, some guy or girl, I can't remember, like, oh, I didn't know you were a redneck. And I'm like, I don't, know any, I don't know any black rednecks. They said, well, you are. I said, no, sir. They said, you have camo on your shoes. I'm like, that's the only camo I got. But if camo makes you a redneck, then yo, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And these are, my, these are my CrossFit shoes. And they look very similar to, very similar to, to these shoes. If I'm going to go on a run, I'm going to put, I'm going to put these shoes on right here. These shoes have got, they've got some miles on them. These, these shoes are, these are my newest pair of tennis shoes, which that says a lot for me because the new pair of tennis shoes at my house, I mean, I could, I could go buy them every week if I, if I, if I really let the addiction take over, but I really learned to manage it and my doctor says I'm doing great, but these are my, these are my running shoes and to you guys, these may not, they may look like regular shoes, but for me, these are, these are extra thick right here in, in the back. Right here across the heel, because when they're used for long distance, I completed my first, my first marathon, and I went to my friend Mike, and he crushed my spirits. I was like, Mike, Mike's like, how'd you do? And I'm like, yo, man, I killed it. Five hours, man, I killed it. Like, I can't even drive in a car five hours without my sciatica bothering me. So you can imagine me riding for five hours, and, and, and um, he said, was that your first one? He's like, man, that was a good job. And I was like, how'd you do on your first one, Mike? Mike's like, yeah, three and a half hours. I'm like, shut up. Nobody asked you, but these shoes right here, they, they have a, they're aerodynamic in the back. Because I'm so fast, my shoes have to have aerodynamics, you know. But to you, these like, well, these are, they have a Nike check on them, and they look like regular shoes. But you, when I go running, I got to wear, I got to wear these shoes. I know where I'm, know where I'm going based on my shoes. If I'm going to go on a date and I'm playing my cards right, I'm trying to put that work in, I wear these shoes. These are my date shoes. Like, I'm like, I know that Diane's going to say, this dude put it on. When I, when I put these guys on. Because these aren't just any kind of shoes. These are Kohan shoes. And these are the kind of shoes you can't just squeeze on. You've got to use what's called a shoe horn to put these on. Some of you guys aren't about that life, but I am. I've got to use a shoe horn. But like, these shoes are, these shoes, I love these shoes. I, I not, not only do I, I like these shoes, these shoes were gifted to me. Diana's dad said to me, hey, you're going to go start a church. You, get, you, need some, you need some new shoes. I'm like, yes. So Diana's like, what are you going to get? Like, what's your budget? I'm like, I'm asking, your dad offered me the pair of shoes. There is no budget. You know what I'm saying, Randy? I'm like, the budget is whatever I buy, that's what I'm getting. She's like, you're rude. I'm like, I'm getting new shoes, though. <clears throat> but I wear these. I, I'm putting in work. If I put these on, that knows, that, that knows this guy, he's, he's, putting in, he's putting in work. But when I go on vacation, <clears throat> I put these on. I put these on. Now, these, you got to, what I'm about to say next, ladies and gentlemen, you make sure you pay it close. This is the truth that I'm going to give you of the Bible is important, but this is secondly important, okay? Secondly important. Second important. These are, these are my sandals. Now, I, now these, are, these are, to you, these are just regular sandals, but to me, these are, these are what's called rainbow, rainbow sandals. Now, ladies, I know you guys know sandals because I, my, I, I've been married for 14 years. My wife's like, hey, I got to go to Old Navy. I'm like, why? She's like, they're having the $1 sale. No, it's not okay, Joel. $1 shoes? That's not, that's not, that's not okay. I don't wear... Well, I got to wear these. If I buy these, these come with a warranty. These come with a warranty. Like, I, these things are guaranteed for life. Like, when I wear these, these I know, these are going to, I'm going on, if I put these on, I'm going on vacation. Maybe I'm flying. Uh, now I don't, now that I have TSA pre, you don't need to wear flip-flops. You can just wear your regular shoes. But when you, when I go on vacation and I'm going to a tropical place, I'm going to be wearing 
when I'm wearing, I'm wearing these things right here. Now, now these right here, ladies, the, you, ladies, what I'm about to say to you next, you're going to get this, but the guys aren't going to get. So guys, make sure you pay attention. If you're going on vacation, ladies, and you know you're going to be wearing sandals a lot, the next thing you have to do is go out and get a, dude, that's, that's what I'm talking about. These girls, you girls are spiritual. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Today. This message is for all ladies. Now, guys, I'm going to help you out right now. I'm going to help you out, guys. I don't know if I was going to or not, but I'm going to. When you wear those sandals, some of you guys in your day, you've never, ever, you've never, ever got a pedicure. And here's the thing. A lot of you guys are up here like, I, I hope, I mean, he wears skinny jeans. He, clearly he gets pedicures. That's what you're thinking. And I, what, I, what I'm thinking is, guys, you won't know if you like it until you try it. Thank you. I'm, you guys are shouting me down already, like not even for the spiritual part. It's the non-spiritual part. Like if you guys will talk back to me like that when I open up the Bible in just a moment, it's going to be a good, it's going to, ninja. Did you guys see I caught it? <clears throat> that, all that matters is like, because that's like liquid gold for me. Like if, I, if that would have went down, I would have shut the service down. <clears throat> you got to have a pedicure. You, you want to have your, your feet got to be, your feet got to be what the, what the kids are calling nowadays on point or on fleek, but they can't be, you gotta be careful, guys. You don't want your feet to be flaky. You want them to be on fleek. So I want you to help me preach. That's my second title. My second title is this, is, and I want you to turn to your neighbor and ask him, say, just say, do you get a pedicure? Just tell, ask him, say, hey, do you get, do you get pedicures? Do you, do you get pedicures? That's my, that's my, that's my subtitle. Where are you going? <clears throat> Where are you going? And do you get pedicures? The Bible talks about a greater love and it also talks about people not knowing exactly where to go. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus was traveling through the towns and the villages. Freebie for you today. Jesus always knows where he's going. So if you're looking for someone to be a ride or die with, choose Jesus. Because he knows if you're going to be out there in these, in these streets, you want to be out there with J-E-S-U-S, yes. The Bible says that he was traveling from town and villages of the area and he was teaching the Bible and he was announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. The very next verse says this, he healed every kind of disease and illness because he had a greater love and he knew where he was, he knew where he was going. The Bible says this, when the, he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd he said to his disciples, check this. You guys, the harvest is great, a.k.a. people do not know where they're going. People have no idea where they're going. He goes, and the people that do know where they're going, there are only a few of those guys. There's a lot of people that have no idea where they're going, and there are a few people who know where they're going. And the Bible says a little bit part of it. He goes, so here's what I need you guys to do. I want you guys to pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more people who know where they're going now. The Bible is pretty clear today. If, if you don't know how to read the Bible, this is how you read it. There are some people in here, they do not know where they're going. They have no clue where they're going. And Jesus says in the, in the story here, we gotta get some more people who do know where they're going to go help the people who have no idea where they're going. We need the people in here today that have their feet right that know where they're going, their toes are on fleek, they gotta go tell the people who have no idea where they're going that have never ever been to a place called Jesus and to a place called heaven. We gotta let them know about that. Are you guys following me today? Like, and here's the kicker. We don't know what to say. You may think, I don't know what to say. And all you gotta say is, 
There's not a greater love than the love that Jesus came and he died and he rose again for us and tell him about the good news of Easter, that he rose again and that he lived this earth victoriously. He never ever sinned. He did that for you and he did that for me. So there's a lot of people who have no idea where to go and there are a few people who know where to go and they're not doing a good job by telling the people where they're supposed to go. And so we gotta pray that God sends more people to go tell the people who don't know where they're going. So the Bible says there's a greater love and people need to know about it. And we gotta go tell those people. I would like to back that scripture up with a little bit more scripture. Mark chapter five, if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'm gonna put it on the screens for you. The Bible in the sky, Mark chapter five, verse one. The Bible says this, so they arrived on the other side of the lake. There's nothing better than going on vacation and arriving. You're, I know you're supposed to like the dest you're, you're supposed to like the journey. You're supposed to like the scenic route. You're supposed to look around. But I like when I get there, and I like when I get back home. Those are my two favorite places. When I get there, <clears throat> and when I get back, when I get back home. They got on the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him there. Everybody wants to see Jesus, even the people who are demon possessed. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. This guy was off the chain. He couldn't be tied down by the chains. He could have been two chains. Like this guy, he had some issues. And the Bible says Jesus walked out and this guy where he was at and where he lived at was in a cemetery. You know he's got issues. Like this guy's got some serious, when you live in a cemetery, You've got some issues and you had to be tied down by chains so you couldn't mess with the other people. You've got some, you've got some issues. You've got some, you've got some issues. And we're all in here today. We can relate with a couple people in this story. Right now there's only two people in the story. There's Jesus and there's a guy with the issues. And I want to let you know in here today, you ain't Jesus. Let your neighbor and say, yo, you ain't Jesus. <laughs> you ain't Jesus. You are the, you are the demon-possessed person. You're like, yeah, I know. That. He is my husband. He's for sure demon-possessed, you know, or, you know, you, you may, he, you're somebody else like, man, this guy really knows my wife really well. Like, man, this is, this is all of us in here today. If you, ha if you have your bottom in a seat, you've, you've, had some you've had some issues. We've all had some, we've all had some issues. And that's the first step is admitting that you've got some issues. This guy had some issues. Uh, verse four said this, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as often he was, he snapped those chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. <clears throat> No one was strong enough to subdue this dude. Day five, or verse five. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. And this guy has some issues. I mean, mental illness, this guy has it. This guy, is, he's cutting himself. There's an epidemic of, 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 of self-injury in our country today, and, and we see it happen all across the world, and, and we want to help people and pour into people. But this guy, when we look in the Bible sometimes, and people are like, was, the, was, was it worse in the Bible or was it worse today? What we see today is what we're seeing right here in the Bible. It's not better or worse. It's just a different time period. The same, we see the same exact stuff in our high schools, same exact things. So what I want to say to you today, just one of, the, one of the parts of the sermon here is that you and I, we have to know where our identity is. If you don't know where your identity is, you'll be everything and anything. And if you're everything and you're anything, you can't be who God's called you to be because he's got a plan for your life and you can't be everything and anything. Because everything and, everything and anything, that doesn't work. We can look around and walk around the, the community and realize being anything and everything you want to be doesn't work. All roads do not lead to Jesus. 
So as we keep on reading this passage of Scripture, this, guy is, this guy's got some issues. Verse 5, he's running around cutting himself. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw Jesus, and he ran to meet him, and he bowed low before him. He screamed like a little girl, the Bible says. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? In the name of the Lord, I beg you, do not torment me. Listen, this part's important, and here's why. Because this guy right here, he had been to some churches before. One of the reasons why we started a church is for people who don't want to go to church because they've been to a church. This guy had been to some weird church services. This guy right here, he has, he has learned some other world religions. He went out there and he studied other world religions. He was trying to get help wherever he could get. This guy right here, he had been to some churches. He had been in some different denominations. World. This guy has tried everything, and every God up until this point has let him down. My question for you today is if you don't know where you're going, it's probably because you've been going after the wrong God. Or have you been going after the wrong God? This guy had tried everything. He's like, yo, I do not, please don't torment me because torment me because the rest of the things that the world had to offer him did not work. And they tormented him more. It's like me going to the hospital today, or, or me going to the me going to the barber shop. I love going to the barber shop. If you go to the barber shop, you know there's a part at the very end that is very exhilarating. And it's the part after they shave your head, they take alcohol and they rub it on all the cuts. It's awesome. Like everyone should try it at least once, ladies. And it's just like, it just burns your head, but it cleans you up. But it, after it's over, it feels so good. And you know that all the, so I walk out of the barbershop. I saw some of my friends like, yo, you got cut off. I was like, yo, I was at the barbershop. But that alcohol, man, that alcohol, it burnt me. That's how you say it when it hurts. Like, that alcohol, like no L, it's just alcohol. That alcohol burnt me. It, it burnt me. We, we, this guy here, he has all these issues, all these problems. And he sees Jesus. He has tried some, he's tried some things. And everything has, has tormented him. Everything has left them, everything has everything's ran short on them. Things, things haven't worked for him, needless to say. The Bible says, and we're going to continue to keep on reading verse 8, Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Now, I want to notice something today, too, just a little, little, little side note here, is that when you and I, when we see somebody who doesn't look like us, act like us, smell like us, usually we go a different route. We go, we go the long way. I was last night. I was down. I was downtown at the Orlando City game, and homelessness is, is an epidemic. This, we're, we're one of the highest populations for homelessness, and the reason why we are is because it's it's warm in, it's warm in Florida. Florida has the most because it's it's the hottest, and so people travel down here to be in the warm and to be in the warmth. And we see here in this passage of scripture, this guy is all crazied out, but Jesus goes towards him. There's a message in there today that I think we all need to get that sometimes when we see people that don't look like us, act like us, smell like us, we shouldn't run from them. Maybe we should go towards them. Maybe they're acting the way they act because they're missing something. Maybe they're looking for their, their greater love. We all go to work with people who are looking for a greater love than what the world has to offer, has to offer them. He says, come out, you evil spirit. Verse 9, then Jesus demanded, what is your name? By the way, if Jesus ever asked you your name, he already knows your name. He knows everything. He knows the hair on your heads. He knows how many sand there is on the seashore. The Bible says, he replied, my name is Legion because there are so much demons inside of me. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. The demon's like, yo, we want to stay nearby. We don't want to go that far away. And when the demons are making deals with you, you know you're God. God, we don't want to go far. Keep us nearby because we want to torment some more people. And so he's being tormented. He's being tormented. He's like, yo, don't send us to a far, far place. Verse 11, there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside 
nearby. Now, I'm going to let you know something. Jesus did not eat bacon clearly, and I'm going to demonstrate that here in just a, in just a moment, because here's what happens. How many of you guys here today, you like bacon? <clears throat> my story's always, about this time of the service, my illustrations turn to food, because I, this is when I get hungry. This is about when I get hungry. I, I come up here on two or three cups of coffee. The guys walk out of the first service, like, whatever you took for the first service, take that again for the second service. I'm like, yo, just more coffee. That's all I really got. This passage of scripture, the Bible says in, in verse 11, they heard, there was a large herd of pigs, and they were feeding on the hillside nearby. And, he, and the demons say, send us into those pigs. And the spirits begged, let us enter into them. Verse 13, so Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd, into the entire herd of pig, about 2,000 pigs plunged down into the steep hillside, into the lake, and they drowned it. I made that word up. They drowned it. Clearly, Jesus didn't eat bacon because Jesus let those, those demons go into those pigs and all that bacon jumped off the cliff. That's frustrating. Now, if you're in here today, I want to let you know we're not teaching that part of the story in the kids' church today, okay? We're leaving the part where all the pigs kill themselves. We're leaving that out because that's weird. Some of you guys are like, good, because some of you guys are like, I'm going to go get my kid real quick, just double check. You know, like all the pigs, that's the stuff they left. I, I've, I've read the Bible a thousand times. I've been in every kid's church. I went Sunday morning and Sunday night and Sunday night. I went Wednesday night. I went to kids' choir. I went to adult choir. I went to all the services. And they never told me about where God wastes all the bacon. They never left that. They left that part of the story out. But it really happened. I think Jesus is perfect, but I think there's a couple things that he pushed the envelope on. And this is one of them. Because bacon's good, right? You like bacon. Pastor Joel likes bacon. Every time we go to a restaurant, he's getting, he's getting bacon. And all those pigs jumped off the cliff, the Bible says, <clears throat> and they, ki they, they killed themselves. Verse 14. The herdsmen, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding country said, countryside, spreading the good news. Sorry, the herdsmen fled the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Now get this, okay, this part's so cool. He was sitting there, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. They weren't afraid of him when he acted crazy. The Bible didn't say that. But because he was dressed, and he was looking proper, he was sitting on the couch, moms and dads, doing exactly what, they were, what he was supposed to be doing. Then you know there's a problem. When you walk into the room and your kid's cleaning, when I, my, my, my dad was here in first service. If my dad came home and I was outside mowing the lawn, he's like, what did you do? If I came home and my mom walked in the house, I'm in the room, and I'm, I'm cleaning my room, I'm, cleaning, like I'm, I'm like deep cleaning mom, like I'm underneath the bed, I'm scooping stuff out there. My mom's like, what did you, what, what, let me see your report card. Like, they already assumed that something, something bad had happened. You're behaving. When I see Trip, I'm like, Trip, come here. I said, did you brush your teeth today? Yes, sir. Go, go check my toothbrush. It's wet. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. I used to just wet my toothbrush. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, what do you want, you know? Or I'll see him. I'll come home, and he'll be still. I'll walk home, and if I come home today, and my son says, hey, Dad, how was your day? I know he wants something. He's like, you want to play catch? I'm like, how am I going to say no to that? You know, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm not a great dad, but I'm, I can kind of read the signs. I'm like, yeah, I want to I wanna, I wanna play catch with you, son. I want to play basketball, but I'm not going to let him beat me. I made that mistake a couple days. Let him beat me, but now I just, I, the day we played best of three, I was 3-0, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not, I don't want to brag about that. I wear basketball, basketball shoes, braces, knee braces. Like, I'm not there going hard out there in the streets, you know what I'm saying? I got to play hard. And so we see here, this guy is completely dressed. He's looking completely normal, completely normal, just doing, like, and people are like, yo, what happened? 
And I just want to let you know today, when you give your life to Christ, everything changes. And I, what we want for you more than anything is we want you to give your life to Christ and let him change everything. We live in a day and age in a society today where everyone's struggling. No one knows where to go. No one knows what to do. They're confused. They're anxious. They're worried about all these things because they're not close to the one who knows where to go and who knows what to do and who knows what to say. But we need a co-pilot. Or we need, a, we need to be a co-pilot to Jesus. We need to let him fly the plane. We got too many people flying, flying the plane. Speaking of flying planes, um, the Garmin's son, they have a 20-year-old son who a year, year and a half ago got his pilot license. And I was okay with that. But then just yesterday, a year and a half later, a year, year and a half later, he's now a pilot instructor. Now, I'm not okay with that. I'm going to fly tomorrow to Atlanta, and I want to look in the cockpit, and I want to see gray hair <clears throat> or bald hair. Like, I want to see it. I'm looking for experience. I went to Daniel's cheesesteak yesterday, and uh, the lady says to me, um, I said, hey, I said, I used to come here. When I first moved here, I used to come here all the time. Like, I try to go to the same restaurants because I'm trying to make a relationship. And so I met your son, Brian. I met your other son, Frankie. I said, it's been a while since I've been there. And I said, yeah, she goes, yo, those are my sons, and, and that's my husband. And she goes, I said, I started a church. She's like, you're, you're a pastor? And I was like, she's judging me, which I'm not okay with. And she's Spanish. So she goes, yo, you're very young. You're very young. Which, if you don't know, that's young. Yeah, that's, that's young. That's how they say the J and the Y. It's, it's kind of different. I was like, yeah, hoveness. Like, I'm a youth. Like, I'm a, I'm a young guy, but I'm, but I'm pastoring this church, which proves the fact that God can use anybody no matter how old you are. I was talking to our, our youth pastor this week, Joel. I'm like, yo, we need more leaders in our church. If we got to find them 16, 17, 12, we will take them. Because the Bible says, let no man look down on you because you are because you're young or because you're a hovenist or because you're young. The Bible says that. So we look at this passage of scripture and this guy is wandering. He's got all kinds of issues. He doesn't know where to go, but he met the one who knows where to go and his life changed. He looks good. He's not foaming out the mouth anymore. He's not cutting himself. He looks quasi-normal and the people are like, yo, what happened to you? What happened to you? Things must have, things must have changed. Um, verse 14 the Bible, these people, they're running around. They're all seeing it. They're all freaking out. Then those who had seen what had happened, they told other more people about what happened. Uh, verse 17, the crowd began pleading with Jesus, go away and leave them alone. They are mad because when those pigs jumped over the things, it was someone's livelihood. It was someone's 401k. It was somebody's finances. It was a relationship. Something had to leave. And I want to let you know today, if you're going to be like Jesus, there's some things that got to go. There's some things that gotta that you gotta you gotta leave some things, and some things gotta gotta leave you. I love Natasha's story. She posted this year that she's gonna God's changing her and God's making her new. And the only thing that can change you and make you new is not church. While church is a good step and it's a good place to be at, but it's good because we talk about Jesus. Jesus can change everything, and all these things have changed in her life because of the blood of the Lamb, because of Jesus, what He done on the cross for our sins. And if you embrace that, and I want to let you know, some of you guys today you've been fighting for so long. Today is your day to accept the free gift of salvation. Don't keep putting it off. God wants to come into your life. He changes you. And I know the problem. I sit with skeptics all the time. You're probably thinking this. I don't deserve it. And the good news is, is that you don't, but he loves you. And the good news is this. You may think, well, I don't want to choose Jesus. Here's the beauty of the gospel. That the gospel wants to choose you. And when you go to work and relationships and family and friends, and they may not like you, they may not want you, Jesus likes you and he wants you, and he wants to be part of you. He wants to run with you. 
I meet with people that come to church as their last option all the time. They don't fit in anywhere, and they come to a place called church, and they meet a person called Jesus, and everything changes, and you can fit in in church. He wants you, he likes you, and he loves you, and you've got to deal with it. But everyone's mad about it. Everyone's mad about it. Now, I want to be honest with you today. If everyone leaves you because you follow Jesus, you're going to be better off with Jesus than with all the wrong people. Everyone's hanging out with all the people that don't care about them, don't want to be around them. We've invested so much of our life in all these people, and they didn't die for you. But Jesus did. we got to invest our life in that. And that thing is a person, and that person is Jesus. Let's Let's invest our life in Jesus. Would you let control, would you let God have control today? Would you quit fighting the love that God has for you? Would you just immerse yourself in him and all that he has for you? He will do the heavy lifting. The difference between Jesus and every other world religion is really close to the, there's the word do and the word, and the word done. We believe that Jesus has done everything for us. He paid the price for us. Every other world religion preaches the word do. Do this and you can get to Jesus. Do this and you can get to heaven. Wear this white shirt and this tie and do this and enough of you guys that, the problem with that world religion, I'm not calling any world religion, that there's only, only 144,000 people get in. <laughs> That's problematic. 144,000, like what if you're like, all that work for nothing. And Jesus says, come to me, all of you guys who are tired and weary, and I can guarantee you rest. Money back guaranteed. Jesus wants to be a part of your life. And when Jesus is a part of your life, Everything changes, and when everything changes, you want to know if everything changes, people start to notice. Do people notice that everything's changed in your life? Are you vocal? Are you quiet about it? You, 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 still don't, you, have, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you still don't know where you're going to go? You, don't, you, still don't, you still haven't quite figured it out? It's okay. That's you. That's the process. There's, there's girls in here today, guys in here today. You're coming to church every single Sunday. You're going to a, a co-ed group. You're going to a men's group or a ladies group. You're meeting with people outside the church. Like you're trying to figure out where to go. And the best place to help you figure out where to go is God's word and God's people. God's word and God's people. You need those two things. That is a, that is, those are both two things that we all need in our life to figure out where to, where to go if our feet are if our feet are right. So um, let me finish this, this passage of scripture because I'm so close. I might as well finish it. <clears throat> Verse 17, the crowd began pleading with them, Jesus, go away, we're mad at you. Verse 18, Jesus was getting into the boat. Now get this, this part, this is, this is pivotal for me. Jesus was getting in the boat and the man who had been demon possessed, he begged Jesus to go with them. Now I just, this is gonna be a little controversial because I just told you, man, if you come to Jesus, he'll let you in. He will let you in. He wants you to come to him. But he tells this guy, no, you can't go with me. But there's a reason. And with Jesus, there's always a reason. Verse 19, here's the reason. If you keep on reading, there's a thing called full context. The Bible says in verse 19, Jesus said, no, you cannot go with me. Go home to your family and tell them everything that the Lord has done. Can I ask you a question today? Has the Lord done something in your life? And if he has, I want to let you know he's going to continue to do something in your life. God's not done with you yet. If you're not dead, God's not done. God wants to do something. He wants to do something in your life. I want to give you two messages or two points today. All that was introduction. Here's point number one. we got to go somewhere. We've got somewhere to go. We've got somewhere to go. Not just we've got somewhere to go. I've got somewhere to go. Not just I've got somewhere to go. You've got somewhere to go. We've all got somewhere to We've got somewhere to go. The guy said, geez, my life was changed. Jesus is like, great, go tell all those people. 
Go tell your mom, your dad. Go let them observe all the things that they had heard that I can do. That they see that we got it. We've got somewhere to go. You've got somewhere to go. We've got somewhere to go. This church is a go kind of church. We're not going to sit here and get bigger and get spiritually fat and spiritually mature and never ever go because God has called you and I to go. We got to get our right shoes on and we got to put them on. We got to get the pedicure and we got to get out there and let people know there's a God who loves them. He died for them. He rose again. He wants to change your life. We've got to go. You got to go. Nudge your neighbor and say, we've got to we've got to go. Now don't leave yet. We got to go. It's just a figuratively a figurative a figurative a a figure of speech. And when you talk fast, you got to slow it down. You say all kinds of stuff you shouldn't say. It's a figure of speech. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, go and make disciples. We've got to go. We've got to go, church. We've got to go. There's one thing I've learned about myself recently. I'm getting, uh, those of you guys that are older in here today, by older, I mean you're at least 31 years of age and up and older. It's a good place to be. But I'm, I realize this, the more older I get, the more impatient I get. When it's time for me to go, it is time for me to go. I grab one twin, I snatch one older kid by the arm, and I'm like, I'm going with 50%. And I walk him out, then I put him in the car, I lock him in, I go back in there, I grab another twin, like I'm just, they're kicking and screaming, like I've got him in an arm bar. I grab another twin, I grab my 11-year-old, I beg her to come with me because that's where we're at right now. Pray for us. I'm like, please, please, please come with me. Like, I don't want to fight with you. Please don't fight. Don't embarrass me. And quit rolling your eyes at me and quit huffing above me. Now come with me. Now, once I had the whole full conversation with her, then she comes. Moms and dads in your take, if you have a daughter, it is coming. I don't wish it on you. You can't stop it. But they are coming like a freight train. Pray for me and I will pray for you. I grab them. I put them in a car and I walk inside. And if I can't get Diana, I just pick her up and I scoop her up too. I'll pick them all up. And I, I'm ready to go. We've got to go. We've got to be urgent. And the reason why we got to go is because the world needs the good news. The world needs the good news. We carry the gospel and we get to take that to the world. The good news is the gospel and the gospel is the good news and we have it. And if it's good, you want to tell everyone about it. Yo, you got to see my shoes. I did some rope climbs with these things. Look how awesome it is. Yo, look at these shoes. I did a marathon with these. Oh, look at these shoes. Look at these toes. You know what I'm saying? You've got to get out there and you've got to share the good news. The world needs the good news. I know the world needs the good news because the Bible tells me that Jesus came and he died and he wanted me to go out there and tell the good news. The last thing Jesus said on this earth, the last thing he said was go share the good news. We have it. We got to go out there and share it. There's a lot of people out there. They don't have the good news. And there's a few of us out here. We've got the good news. And the only way for these people to become like these people is if we go out there and we share the good news. I know I'm preaching like a boomerang today, but I want you to know that there's a good news out there and you have and we've got to share it. Did you know this? That you carry the secret potion to help people who are blind see? You're like, that sounds super charismatic. It's Jesus. You carry Jesus. Did you know there's people out there, they don't know where to go? and you carry the potion to help those people have, be able to walk, you, you carry that, you have that, you have a relationship with a father who changed your life, you were fatherless and Jesus adopted you. Adoption's beautiful because somebody who wasn't wanted or couldn't be taken care of properly give up, gives up their rights. That's half the story. The beauty part of the story is that there's someone out there who says, I choose you. I choose you. 
And I want you to know today, Jesus has chosen you. And now you get to carry the good news. The Bible says this, how beautiful, how beautiful, I love when the Bible uses words like beautiful, yes. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. I don't know about you guys in here today, but I wanna bring the good news. I had a special revelation happen last night. The best things happen when you're sleep deprived, you know what I'm saying? There's a culture of people who leave and go to different churches and one of the reasons why they leave and they go to churches, this doesn't happen here, or at least it hasn't happened in a while, is people say this, and I, I need something deeper. I mean, I'm looking for like a deeper church, like a deeper church. William McDowell, he's a, a worship artist and he wrote a, his church is called Deeper Church. You know the deepest thing you can do is go out there and share the gospel. There's nothing deeper than that. There's nothing deeper than sharing the gospel. I, mean, I just wanna, I wanna like just go, I wanna like just go deeper. Yeah, go do what Jesus did. He, the last thing he did was he went out and shared the gospel with people. That's deep. You wanna go the deep end? Go share the good news. How beautiful are the feet of the people who are taking the good news out there into these streets? We gotta go up in these streets and share the good news. We gotta share the good news. We have the gospel. Why wouldn't we? Your life can change forever, sweetie. You wanna have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Wanna meet my friend Jesus? Yeah, awesome, you're gonna love it. It's gonna change everything. Hey, do you need Jesus, man? I'll, what, man why, why'd you, what happened for you? Man, I met Jesus, everything changed. Man, church, let's be a church that's a go church. Let's go reach more people. This place is filling up, two services. We're praying about a third service. We're praying for Easter. We're believing for Easter for to be a, to be a great day, be an incredible day, but I don't wanna show up on Easter without a visitor. I'm not, if people come to church, 80% of people said they would come to church if they were invited. Barn does a research that says 20% of Christians are inviting people to church. 80% of people said they would come to church, but only 20% of people are inviting people to church. It changed my life, but I don't want to invite someone to come with me to come experience the love of Jesus. Last night, I drove to the Orlando City. I went and watched the, the city game. I'm not a big soccer guy. Um, I know enough to know a little bit about it, but they're fun, I know that. And I, we, I went to, I had to park. I got free tickets, about 25 bucks to park. Really, it's like a washout, basically. I could have bought my own ticket, but I could have parked for free. I was thankful. Club seats, free food, it was awesome. God bless us, favor. Um, but I was riding with James, and I go in there, and I go up to the ATM. I think ATMs still use dial-up. Like, why are they so slow? Anybody ever wonder, like, why are they so slow? Maybe that's just me. Like, you are impatient. So I was able to draw money out. And the time I was able to draw money out, I get in the car, and James, James is in the car with me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, why is this guy so slow? You know what I'm saying? Mrs. Ball, you know, she's like, tread lightly. That's my son. Watch it, boy. I'm like, what? Have you waited on him your whole entire life? Because everyone waits on him. Okay, so I'm like, where is he at? Becky's like, it's always him, it's not me. Oh, that's, this is the point. So I get in the car, I'm like, dude, what? I'm like honking the horn, let's go, come on, let's go. We're gonna miss the soccer game. We're gonna, we're gonna miss the baskets, you know? I'm like, so he comes in and gets the car, I'm like, dude, what were you doing? What were you doing in there? He's like, I was doing the Lord's work. I'm like, you were buying a bottle of water and gum. Like, it doesn't take that long. He's like, oh no, I was, I was inviting lady to church. That's what I get for being impatient. I hear you, sister. I hear you. You're shouting me down. She's like, my pastor's got issues. You know, that's what I'm saying. Pastor, my pastor got issues. I say, dude, you know, I, I feel like a trash bag. 
like, dude, what a jerk. I'm like, but next time invite her faster. You know, I'm like trying to, <laughs> trying to dig my way out of it. Pray for me, Andrew. So I was like, he's like, I'll just invite her. I'll just invite her to church. And everywhere we go, we, we have the good news. Why wouldn't we invite more people to it? We bought you guys these, bless you. We bought you guys these nice premium t-shirts that say, no God, find freedom. Like we didn't buy the cheap ones. We bought just the premium ones. We got to wear those everywhere we go. Wear it to work. Put a tie over it. I don't care what you do. Like, let people know, like, Jesus changed my life. He can change yours too.